Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Spend this hour with us learning how you can protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of an extended health care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting long-term care planning options available. As a certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott will help you make sense of your options. Now, here's your host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott. So, you know, I uh, typed into Google, uh, what is insurance, to get the definition. And they give us two examples. The first one is a practice or arrangement by which a company or government agency provides a guarantee of compensation for specific loss, damage, illness, or death in return for payment of premium. Okay, so that makes sense. That's pretty much what we got. But here's the one that caught my eye. Uh, The second part of the definition, number two, a thing providing protection against a possible eventuality. And I thought, holy cow, doesn't that kind of make sense, right? So under that, they give an example, adherence to high uh, personal standards of conflict is an excellent insurance against personal problems. So the the possible eventuality, that's what long-term care is when we think about it. Statistically speaking, about 7 out of 10 of us are going to end up in a long-term care situation. And today on the show, I just want to talk to you a little bit about some of the unintended consequences when we don't have insurance. And this is very important to me. I mean, I will just tell you my first experience with insurance, um, I've had several experiences with them, but my first memorable experience is when my house burned down. And I've told that story several times. I was 10 years old and it caught on fire and we had insurance and they came and they rebuilt it. And it was actually just a blessing for us because it was an old 1920 farmhouse that didn't have you know insulation, didn't have sheetrock. It was just paneling on studs tile floors. My brother and I shared a big room, and when they got done with it, they built it to code, sheetrock, insulation. We had carpet. We each had our own room. So that was a real blessing. So that was my first experience with insurance. The second experience I had was when I was 19, I wrecked a car. It wasn't my car. It was my buddy's car. We were headed over Rabbit Ears Pass going to Steamboat uh, Springs in Colorado, and it was just the middle of a blizzard. And I came around a corner, and there's some flashing lights and stuff. And we were going super slow. We were going like 20 miles an hour. But we were on the inside of a bank corner, and the wind just caught us. It just kind of blew us off the road. And we went down into the ditch and hit a front end. And the, the, it was this old little Subaru, and the, the front end just went smash. And it was enough damage where they just totaled the car. I think my, my buddy got a check for $1,600. But my insurance paid for that. And then I think the third experience that I remember wasn't that long ago. It was in 2006. That's when my father died in an accident. And that was very sudden, but my father had life insurance. He got a permanent life insurance policy when he got out of the Air Force. He always had that in place. And it did just what it was supposed to do. It kept my mom from, you know, being broke in her senior years because my dad had life insurance to replace that income that wasn't coming in. So those were my experiences with insurance. And I think a lot of us probably have had some kind of, you know, you know whether it's you know, wrecking a car, having a claim on a house or something like that, you probably have some experience with insurance, maybe medical insurance, some insurance paying for something that was very expensive. You know what it does. But then let's flip the coin over and talk about the lack of insurance. And my first experience of no insurance comes from back when I was working at Jack's Market. And I was just telling you last week that that was my job I got when I was 13. So when I was going into high school, so I had just finished my eighth grade, one of the gentlemen that worked there at Jack's Market, he was a senior in high school when I was in in, um, eighth grade. And so he graduated, and that summer he took, he got some money for graduation, and he had been working and saving. And he was a senior now, so he was out of school, so he went and he bought himself a new car. It was a used Firebird. And, oh, I just remember he drove it to work, and it was just beautiful. It was this kind of orangey-red, and it had the big Firebird logo on the hood of the car and the T-tops. It was just a beautiful car. Well, his name was Kenny, and Kenny did not I – don't, I don't even think he had the car a week. I know that he went out that weekend, and he wrecked the car. Him and his buddy were out ripping around in that. And somehow they lost control and they wrecked the car. And he got kind of banged up, but, you know, not not hurt too bad, but he was banged up to the point where he couldn't work for a little while. And the sad thing was he didn't have insurance on his car. And so I realized, you know, it just started this 
this snowball effect of, of, of negativity for the poor guy. He couldn't get to work. He was banged up. He couldn't work in the first place, so he lost his income there. Then when he did heal up, he didn't have a car anymore to go to work because he had spent all his money buying this car. He had traded in his old used car. He had this really old kind of beat up. It was like, I don't know, Chevy Nova or something. It's probably worth a pretty penny today, but he had traded that in for the Firebird. And somehow, I don't know what it was, he just never got around to getting the insurance on that car. So he basically ended up with this car that he got scrapped for. That was it. So that parlayed, he ended up joining the service and going off because he just didn't have the money. He wasn't able to buy a new car and he wasn't able to get to work. So that was one of my first experiences there. And then when I lived in Chicago back in the 90s, I had an old car that ended up getting stolen. And I did not have comprehensive coverage on that car. I just didn't think it was worth that much money. And so sure enough, when it got stolen, there was nothing there for me. Um, so, you know, I was like, dang, I was out of car. I was out of car and I was out the money and I had to go out and figure out how to get a new car to replace that. So, you know, why do we have insurance? When we think about it, why is insurance important to, you know, not to everybody, but to a lot of us, insurance is important. And when I typed that question into Google, I just, I love doing this. I just typed in, so why do we have insurance? What I got was the answer from Google says, insurance is a mechanism for protecting people against losses, damage, injuries, and costs associated with unforeseen events. Insurance is generally defined as a method of spreading risk or loss through a pooling mechanism. Insurance provides protection against a predictable event that arises unexpectedly. And folks, just that's it, a predicted event that arises unexpectedly. If you drive your car long enough, you're probably going to be in an accident. We're all going to die at some point. And so that's what insurance is really for, is for that unexpected event. Now, what we want to talk about is what does insurance do? You know, why do we have it? Well, insurance protects us from untimely financial losses and sometimes catastrophic losses that can change our lives forever. I mean, if you think about it, like when our house caught on fire, if we would not have had insurance, we would have gone right back to the single wide trailer house that my parents were renting from some family friends. I would have been just, that would have been it. It would have been horrible. So insurance, you know, it protects our financial health. It protects the people we care about, which is, you know, lots of insurances do that. Life insurance, long-term care insurance, it protects those people that we care about as much as it protects us. It protects items of value, things that we find valuable to us, our home, our cars, our artwork, our jewelry, whatever it is, we can get insurance on that to, to, to protect those items of value. And I think what people forget about is it protects your legacy. And what I mean by legacy is not necessarily how much money you're leaving to your family, but the memory, the legacy is what you, that memory that you leave to your family members. And today I want to talk about some of the common misconceptions people have about long-term care planning and particularly, I want to talk about the need for insurance. And I also want to touch on the consequences of not having long-term care insurance when you end up in an extended healthcare situation, because this is very important. And the first point I'm going to touch on, and I think it's the biggest misconception by far out there when it comes to long-term care planning, is that it boils down to this. If you have enough money, you don't need to worry about it. Now, without question, this is the most common view shared by individuals as well as a lot of professionals out there, CPAs, financial advisors, attorneys, doctors, your landscaper, your neighbors. Everybody thinks, oh, why are you going to worry about it? you got plenty of money. But let's take a minute and think about this on the surface. Why couldn't we make that same argument about other things that we insure? Your home. If you have enough money and you don't have a bank loan, you don't have to have insurance. You, you can just self-insure. Yet in all my years in the financial services industry, and I owned a mortgage company for 20 years before this, I never once came across a client who was told by their financial advisor that they should just cancel their financial or their insurance because they had enough assets. They had enough money. I don't care if they had 10 million, 20 million, 50 million. No one's ever come into my office and said, oh, my advisor suggested I just cancel my homeowner's insurance because I have enough money. If it burns down, I can just rebuild it. How about your car? In many states, including in Washington state, you can take and actually just make a deposit for a specific amount, like $35,000 or $25,000, whatever that state limit is, into a CD and put the state's name on there as a secondary owner, and you can self-insure your car. So you can just say, well, I've got my car self-insured. I've got money in the bank. Life insurance. Do millionaires really need long-term care insurance? 
Arguably, no. Yet, rich people, the millionaires, the millionaires, the multimillionaires own more permanent life insurance than any other class of people out there because of the other advantages that you can get. And what about an education? If you have enough money, do you really need an education? I mean, I think that would be a great question to ask Paris Hilton, right? I mean, she's got plenty of money. So obviously, I I think we know what the answer would be on that. But my point is insurance is not simply about money. It's about... it's about the other things it offers. It protects your money. It brings with it a wide array of benefits. And I will just tell you, recently my daughter was involved in an accident um, in school. She backed into a, a, another car. They were both backing up at the same time. Well, the other girl's mom was trying to shake my daughter down for 1500 bucks. She was texting her saying, you know, we, we got a quote on the car to fix this little scratch on the bumper. You owe us $1,500. And I said, no, we're not going to do that. We just called our insurance company, explained what happened. Our insurance company went and got the tape of the accident because it was in the school parking lot called back to people and said, you know what? We're not going to give you anything. You guys were both bagging into that thing. You can turn your claim into your own insurance company. So, you know, there's those other benefits that you get where if you were just on your own, you'd be sitting there going, well, what do I do? How do I handle this? What do I do? So again, there's always things that we can talk about that, that, that benefits that insurance brings to the table as well. And let's see, you know, I'm looking at the clock here real quick. Why don't we go ahead and take a quick break? And when I come back, I'm going to jump into some of the unintended consequences that people face in a long-term care situation and what happens without insurance. So stick around. I'll be right back. Long-term care radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended healthcare situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free live webinar classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's Story Monson. Welcome back, my friends, Brian and Madeline from 525 Advisors. They took a break last year due to that debacle created by the Washington State CARES Act, you know, the payroll tax on employees for forced long-term care that was basically worthless. The law was so poorly written and created such a mess, most insurance carriers temporarily quit offering plans in the state. But 525 Advisors is back, ready to help protect your family and savings with the best long-term care plans available. They did for my wife and me, and we couldn't be happier. I know everything we worked hard for won't be whittled down paying for long-term care. And most importantly, our girls are protected from the burden of having to care for us. And a great bonus, our plan pays us back if we never use it. So learn about all kinds of important long-term care information and join Brian this Saturday at 10 for Long-Term Care Radio here on 97.3 Cairo FM. Check out his upcoming live webinar schedule, too, at 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. Hi, this is Brian Ott with 525 Advisors. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to protect many people and their families with long-term care planning. However, I've also seen how long-term care events devastate families and turn the last years for the family into their worst years. Many people believe the downside from a long-term care situation is limited to financial loss. Yet often, it's the emotional damage that lingers and hurts the family members the most. Watching a loved one go through their savings is one thing, but watching a loved one lose their dignity is far worse. Long-term care insurance provides a dedicated source of funds to help pay for your care when you need it. But more importantly, it provides you with a team of trained professionals that will help you and your family manage your care. Learn how you can stay in control of your care options, maintain your dignity, and protect the people you care about most by attending one of our upcoming live webinars. Sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. Hey, and welcome back. You just heard the ads. We have um, our classes coming up. It's actually going to be next Saturday. The 18th is going to be the first class for June. So that's going to kick off at 8 o'clock on the West Coast time, 9 o'clock Mountain time. And again, we have one following that on Thursday, the 23rd. So just sign up at 525longtermcare.com. We'll send you a link, and then you can jump on, and the classes are live. So it gives you a chance to not only get the information, but ask your questions. And I stick around and answer questions for as long as we need to. If you just tuned in this week on Long-Term Care Radio, we're talking about some of the consequences of an extended care situation and how long-term care insurance planning can help you mitigate those losses. 
you know, the, again, the, the biggest misconception out there is that long-term care is just simply about money. If you have enough money, you don't need to, to worry about that. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to dispel that myth. It's just not true. The first problem, you know, or consequence of a long-term care insurance is funding it. Extended health care situations or what we call long-term care is an income problem. It's not an asset problem. And a lot of people get this confused. They think, well, I've got assets. I'm fine. My balance sheet says I'm worth $4 million. But it's really, it's an income issue. You know, how are you going to turn those assets into income? You're going to have to sell something, right? You're going to have to do something to turn those assets into to income. And so what long-term care insurance is really doing is it's providing a dedicated source of money to pay for care when you need that extra money, when your income is insufficient. So you can protect your assets. When you have no long-term care insurance and you have insufficient income to meet your obligations, you are left with no choice but to liquidate your assets to generate the income you need. And I have an exercise I go through with many of my clients who are debating whether they want to move forward with a plan, and here's how it works. I hand them a letter of instruction that on the top of it, it has, you know, it, it's, it's actually, it's got down the, the middle of the paper, it's got lines, just blank lines, number one through 10. And at the top of the form, it says this, if my monthly income is insufficient to cover my extended care needs, please liquidate my personal assets in the following order. And then there's a signature down at the bottom and a space for a date. And I'll tell you, um, this is actually a very powerful exercise, and I think it's a good one for everyone to go through because you'll learn a lot when you sit there and you really start thinking about this. What do I want to do? And it starts to make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. Regardless of the order you put your assets in, when you start liquidating those assets, you have to be aware of the implications of liquidating all of the assets. The income-generating potential is gone forever, And number two, the taxes have to be paid today, whether it's a capital gains tax or whether it's an income tax. So it ends up being a double negative situation. If it's a retirement account, you're liquidating those assets, guess what? They're not generating income anymore for you. You're paying income tax on every dollar you pull out of that retirement account. If it's a piece of real estate or it's a stock that you're holding just for years, well, guess what? You're going to pay the capital gains on it. And guess what? The value of that stock or the value of that real estate is no longer to be able to go up or generate income if it's an income-producing property. So those are some of the consequences you have to be aware of. The second big consequence that long-term care insurance solves is it replaces reliance on the family. And I will tell you, this is the statistic that just drives me crazy and because it's not going to change. I'm telling you, t- 10 years from now, we're going to be looking at the same data. And right now, that it, the, the data says that half of Americans, over 50% of them provide that need long-term care services are relying on their family members to provide 100% of that care. So half of Americans rely solely on their family members. About two-thirds, if we take and look at the total population, about two-thirds of them rely on their family members for at least part of their care. So they might have a caregiver in there for a few hours a day, but then they're having their family come in and fill those gaps on the weekends, on nights, in the morning, whatever that is. So again, about two-thirds rely on that. And there are several consequences your family members will have to deal with when you put them in this position. Number one, financial. Many have to reduce their work schedule. Many of them have to just quit their jobs completely to take care of a loved one because as the, the, your, your need for care increases, sometimes the, there's no resources to bring other people in. Sometimes you're, it's your family members that give up their job to do that. Number two is the physical consequence, the day-to-day you know, tiring work of being a caregiver, being up at somebody else's schedule, lifting, bathing, dressing, the work, the taking care of the house for two. I was just at a conference and um, there's a representative I've known there for years and she had a surgery this year that kind of went wrong and she ended up being, you know, at home for three weeks, pretty much bedridden. And she said, just three weeks. She said, three weeks. And my poor husband, you know, all of a sudden he had to do everything. He had to manage the house. He had to manage the kids. He had to just take care over everything. And she goes, and that was only three weeks. And when we think about it, it's a long-term care situation. Long-term care situations are situations that are expected to last 90 days or more. So it's really important that you understand those consequences, right? That physical wear and tear on the people that you care about most when they're stepping into that role. 
And the third consequence there for your family is going to be that emotional, the, the stress, the ongoing complex decision-making that has to be done, the ongoing worrying that, you know, it is emotionally hard to be a caregiver. And those caregivers, they've done study after study. They have higher rates of stress. They have higher rates of alcoholism, higher rates of drug dependency. It just is a very, very emotional taxing situation to be in when you end up being a caregiver. So having a long-term care insurance plan is going to allow you the resources to hire trained professionals to manage and provide your care in a time of need so that your family doesn't have to. And again, a lot of people would assume, well, we have plenty of money, then the parents can just, just spend the money and hire whoever they want, but it almost never works out that way. Because again, remember, that estate that you've built up is going to be somebody else's. So a lot of times it's your kids. And so then everybody's circling the wagons trying to figure out how to mitigate the damage to that estate. And a lot of times the family members end up taking on jobs and roles that they're really not qualified to do. So that's something to keep keep aware of. Another thing that long-term care insurance does, consequence that you have to be very aware that it solves great, is it keeps you in control of your care options. So many people um, end up in situations, they'll end up in a surgery, and then the hospital says, guess what, you, do you have somebody at home to take care of you? No, I don't. Well, guess what, you can't go home, it's not safe, we're going to put you over in this nursing home, or we're going to put you in this facility. And a lot of people are surprised at that, because again, it's a, it's, it boils back down to a safety issue, and that's really what long-term care is all about, it's a safety issue. So for a lot of people, they, they, they lose control of their care options because they don't have the resources or they don't have a plan. They don't have that number to call to bring somebody in to help provide them the care that they need. Another consequence that I want you to be very aware of in a long-term care situation is your choices for care. And I think people are just shocked at this. A lot of facilities now are asking when you sign up to get on their waiting list, whether it's a, a memory clinic or an assisted living facility, a lot of them, you know, one of the first things they're looking at is they're saying, how are you going to pay for this? And if you have long-term care insurance, they know that you have a dedicated source of money. If you tell them that I've got a million dollars of assets, that doesn't really mean that much to that assisted living facility because they know that assets aren't going to pay the monthly bill. You've got to have money in the checking account. You've got to have income coming in. And then also, who is your power of attorney? Who are they wrestling with? I had a management at a large assisted living facility that we worked with, and she said, you know, one of our biggest struggles is we are wrestling every single month to get paid for people that don't have long-term care insurance because their kid is their power of attorney, their kid's on vacation, their kid lives on the East Coast, whatever it is. We're always trying to track that down, and it gets very difficult, so they don't like that. And the other thing to keep in mind is when you have a long-term care plan, it gives you the freedom because you have that dedicated source of money to meet the requirements that a lot of these caregivers have set up now. In fact, a lot of the home health care agencies are starting to bill for a minimum of 30 hours a week. And so what they're saying, it's a supply and demand issue. They're saying, look, you may only need 20 hours, but our minimum is 30 hours. And so again, a lot of people are like, well, I'm not going to pay for 30 hours out of my savings account if... I only need 20 hours. Well, if you have, you know, an unlimited long-term care plan that has, you know, five or $6,000 a month, you, it gives you the freedom to pay for that care, to hire those workers, and gives you more choices to get that care. And that is just a very, very big thing. Honestly, I mean, it's we're starting to see more and more of that. So you're starting to see a lot of facilities say you got to prepay for three or four years, then we'll accept Medicaid. And now you're starting to see home health care agencies say there's a minimum of hours that we will require if you want us to provide the care for you. And the last thing I want you to really think about that this is what people without long-term care insurance probably see the biggest um, damage is to their legacy. And a legacy is more than just simply the money you leave behind. I mean, a lot of times it's, yeah, it's the family home or something like that. That's what people think. But it's also how your family remembers you. You know, it's that permanent mark that you leave on the, on the generations that follow you, on your kids, on your grandkids, on your great-grandkids if you live long enough. And oftentimes the last years, you know, taint the memory, the happy times, because the last years end up being the worst years for everybody. So that is something that the whole idea of having that plan in place to make sure that your care is funded and managed is so important so that we can take, again, the physical, the emotional, the financial burden off of your family members and make sure that your last years are not the worst years for you and your family and protect that legacy. 
I've got to take a quick break here from the news, but don't go anywhere because when I come back, I will introduce you to our client of the week, Christine, and I will show you how we put together a wonderful plan using a small inheritance that she got. I'll be right back. Avoid the mistake of paying unnecessary taxes, guarantee the quality of your care, and preserve your legacy and wealth by setting up your own tax-free long-term care plan. Learn more by attending Brian's free live webinar class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. And we're back. And, um, you know, again, next Saturday is going to be our next webinar, uh, first one for June, actually, Saturday the 18th. And so uh, look for that on our website at 525longtermcare.com. And again, I think part of the reason why, you know, I, I really push these webinars and these classes, I know not everybody's into classes, and you can go to our website and you can read through our material. We have it all there. But the class is interactive. I like to do it live so that I can get your questions and we can answer your questions at the end. And you can just kind of get a feel for what long-term care is, what it pays for, what your choices are. We're going to go over several examples. We're going to talk about Medicare and Medicaid and what you need to know about those government programs. And just kind of really give you that good 10,000-foot view on long-term care. And, and you know, so that when you set down to plan you know what triggers long-term care. You know what it pays for. You understand all of that. And then we can just get down to brass tacks and try to figure out how to design a custom plan that's right for your situation. And that's what we do every week on the bottom of the hour on long-term care radio is I have the client of the week segment. And this week, this is Christine, who is 52. Christine is single. She's a school teacher. She has a son who's in the military, and he's stationed overseas right now. And she started looking into long-term care planning after watching a very close friend of hers go through years of treatment for cancer. And so that just really struck her because um, she just seen firsthand, you know, she's trying to help out and see what was going on and seeing really what an extended care situation can be. And her concerns were not having the resources to pay for care. You know, what happens to her right now if she loses her job? And like her friend, she had cancer, you know, and she like the medical costs are covered, but how does she maintain and, and take care of and pay for the people to come in and provide the care? So that was a big worry for her. Um, her son was most likely going to stay in the military is what she felt. So she said, you know, I can't really depend on living close to him. And even if I did live close to him, she goes, I can't really imagine being a burden on him. I wouldn't expect him to be able to squeeze enough hours in the day to provide that care. Cause again, she just watched her friend go through this and she was talking about the stress on her friend's husband as all of a sudden he became, you know, everything. He was trying to help out as a caregiver. He was trying to hold down his job. He was trying to take care of the house. He was doing all the grocery shopping, the laundry, doing everything all by himself. And all of a sudden he was trying to be a caregiver at the same time. And she said it was just very, very stressful. So she kind of saw that firsthand. She realizes that if something like this was happening to her, like she she came diagnosed with cancer, was there was an illness or an accident or something, that it would be a very difficult situation since she is single. And she just, again, because her son is not close by, you know, she goes, gosh, then he would feel guilty. And so she's like, I just want to avoid that if, if I can. Now, keep in mind, just a little sidebar here. I think this is one of the, the, the other misconceptions that people have about long-term care planning is that it's something I need to worry about way off in the future because it's when I'm 92 years old. Yeah, I might need somebody to, you know, maybe make me a hot meal or do my laundry, but that's what they're thinking. And the truth is about a third of the people that file a claim on long-term care insurance are under age 65. And a lot of people don't even think to, to look into long-term care insurance until they're 65. But, I mean, there's all kinds of things, you know, cancer diagnosis, illness, um, accidents. Accidents are a leading cause. And you might heal up from it, but you might end up in six months of therapy. I had a client that fell down the stairs, and she ended up fracturing her hip, and they had to go in and do surgery. Well, what happened is she got an infection during the surgery, and then it just it, it, it spread and it got bad, and she had to go back in for another surgery, and she ended up spending about 10 months in a nursing home because she could not get up and down the stairs of her house, and she was single. So she had a long-term care policy. Well, guess what? That was covered. And so that's what you just keep in mind, that when we talk about putting a long-term care plan in place, you have coverage today. 
right? People think about life insurance. They think about disability insurance. Well, this is long-term care insurance. It starts day. You might turn it on. You might turn it off. You might turn it on again, but you have the coverage. And so that's something that Christine was really very concerned about. Here's what we found about Christine when we started talking to her. She was in decent health. She didn't really have any health issues that stood out that would make her turn down. So again, we always say that because your health is what allows you to get long-term care insurance. Christine planned on working until full retirement age, which was for her was 65. She would have a pension, and she would also have Social Security when she retired. She had a small retirement account. It wasn't big, but again, that wasn't going to be the main source of her income in retirement. It was going to be that pension and Social Security. She had a little bit of savings. And she had just inherited $82,000 that she wasn't expecting. This was from an aunt of hers that had passed away, and she ended up inheriting this $82,000. So it was a nice little surprise, and she had that money sitting in a savings account. She owned a home that she was working on paying off, and she was hoping to have that paid off before she retires. And she was on track to do that well before she retired, so she was in good shape there. And she wanted to stay in her home. She said, you know, I've got a house. I like my house. I like my community. I want to be here for as long as I can. That was something that was very important to her. And here's what she wanted from a long-term care insurance plan. She wanted to make sure that she had the additional resources available if she needed care. She felt comfortable that when she got into retirement that she would have enough money. She had already been doing her budgeting. She was pretty frugal. She was in a good shape. And she said, I'm going to be able to live quite comfortably off my Social Security and pension on day-to-day stuff. But if I needed excess money, my income would be insufficient. So it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show. That's really a long-term care situation. If your income is insufficient to pay all the care costs, then guess what? You've got to start selling off assets. And what she was worried about at that point is that, you know, if the stock market's up or down and she has to drain a retirement account, that she could drain that pretty quickly. And she was trying to avoid, as a single person, you have to spend all your assets down to $2,000, and then they put a lien on your house if you're going to get Medicaid. So that's just was something she wanted to avoid at all costs. Um, she was also hoping to avoid payments in retirement. So this was important to her. So again, when you're doing the budgeting, if you get a traditional long-term care plan, you say, well, I'm going to budget you know, $500 a month or $6,000 a year. Well, guess what? Number one, those premiums aren't guaranteed level. And what's going on in retirement? If your income does go down a little bit, you know, it's harder to make those payments. So she was under the, the, the impression that it would make more sense for her to maybe pay more up front and try to get a plan that was paid for by the time she got to retirement so that she wouldn't have to carry payments into retirement. So that was something that she was really looking for. Um, She loved the idea of money going back to her son if she didn't need care. She's hoping that she gets lucky, and she's like, that would be great if I put a bunch of money into one of these long-term care plans, and if I can get part of it back or all of it back, that would be wonderful. She wanted a plan that would work at home and you know help her now if she needed it. So again, She's looking at it through the lens of watching her friend go through years of cancer treatment. She's like, I want to be able to bring those people into my home. She goes, if I'm in a hospital bed, I want it to be in my living room in my house. I want to be able to bring those people in to help provide the care and do what I need to do. So that was something that was very important to her. So, you know, here's what we had to consider when we were designing this plan for. Number one, I always look at how do we do a meaningful benefit? But before we even get to that, how are we going to pay for a plan? So a lot of people want long-term care insurance, but they don't, you know, they don't have a plan on how to fund it. They haven't wrapped their mind around it. If you're going to do an asset-based plan and you don't want any payments, and then you've got to be able to convert this asset over here into insurance. Or are you going to pay over time? Well, if you're going to pay into a plan over time, do you have sufficient income to make those payments comfortably? Because again, it doesn't do you any good to pay a traditional plan for six years and then cancel it because you're just going to walk away from everything you've paid into that plan. So we're always looking at how we want to fund this. Asset-based plan would allow us to set up limited payments, which is nice, meaning we could do 10 years of payments, we could do five years of payments, we could do a down payment, smaller payments. It gives us some different things. But again, Christine was very interested in building up her savings and retirement over the next decade. So I'm kind of looking at it from that point of view, too. It's like, well, if we can avoid payments going into an insurance plan, that's more money that she can put into her savings and a retirement account. So those are some of the things we looked at. So what I really got down to is I said, tell me about this inheritance you got. And Christine said, look, I I had no idea I was going to get this. I have literally the money is in the bank right now. She goes, it's out of sight. It's out of mind. 
it is a rainy day emergency fund at this point. She's like, I'm not going to buy a new car. I'm not going to take a vacation. She goes, I don't feel like I won the lottery. She goes, this is a blessing, but I want to put it to good use. And I said, well, is this something that you would consider maybe repositioning into a long-term care plan? It's not going to be a huge plan, but we can get some meaningful coverage for you if we design this plan right and we can avoid payments. And when I asked her about this, she said, yes, I feel very comfortable. I, I have no no need for this money right now. She goes, I just, I act like it's not, I don't have it because I didn't have it a few months ago. And she goes, now I have it. She goes, I don't, you know, I, I don't expect my life to change greatly. I don't need a new car or anything like that. So again, I'm going to pat her on the back for thinking that way, because I know a couple people that a couple of my friends inherited some money. They didn't have any money. I was younger. This was years ago. And the first thing they did is they went out and blew it all on the cars and spending it. And then a year down the road, they were in the exact same shape they were before they inherited the money. And that's what a lot of people do. And Christine said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, I want to put this money to use. So we had a couple different choices. And what we ended up doing is looking at some asset-based plans. I said, let me compare some different options of just taking that $82,000 and moving it into a long-term care plan. Let's figure out what would make sense and how we can get you the most coverage and the best plan, the best bang for your buck, so to speak. And so that's really what we did. So here's what we did. We ended up designing an asset-based plan. This is a savings-based plan. So again, it works kind of like a glorified savings account, and I'll explain that in a second. But what we did is we also put an inflation rider on it, which means that her benefit is going to compound. It's going to grow at a set rate. And this is how this plan is going to work for Christine. We're going to take that single deposit of $82,000. We're going to give it to the insurance company. Now, in theory, on these savings-based plans, it's kind of like depositing $82,000 into a savings account that starts earning interest. But what we're going to do, we're going to deposit that with the insurance company. Day one, it's going to give us $196,000 of long-term care insurance, so about two and a half times leverage. Now, why isn't it three? Most of these, a lot of these savings-based plans will just triple your money instantly. Well, here's why. Because what we did is the very first year, we took $17,000 out of that $82,000, and we said we want to use 17000 of the eighty-two to buy this inflation rider. It's just a one-time purchase, and what that's going to do is it's going to grow her monthly benefit, compound it by 5% every single year for as long as she has this policy. So starting today, day one, Christine can take out $2,711 a month of benefit. That's her long-term care benefit. So it's going to last her just a little under six years if she takes out the maximum amount. But we put that inflation rider on it. So what that does is it grows that long-term care benefit. So at year 10, when she's 62, she's going to have $4,200 a month. 20 years down the road, her benefit's going to go up grow up to $431,000 of long-term care coverage, and she can pull out $6,800 a month. And by the time she's 82, she'll have $665,000 of long-term care insurance. She can pull out $11,158 a month tax-free for long-term care. So that's that compounding effect that that inflation rider did. So her long-term care benefit, that's not going to vary. It's not going to depend on interest rates. It's not, it doesn't matter if interest rates are going up or going down. She's going to have this amount of coverage. She's going to end up having that. Now, if the interest rates do go up a little bit, she's going to see a little bit more growth, not only on her long-term care benefit, but also on her cash value. So let's talk about that for a second. These asset-based savings plans, when you walk in with a lump sum like this, again, at $82,000, we take $17,000 right up front and we say, bias this rider, bias this compounding rider to grow the long-term care benefit. So the net effect is she's got $65,000 in her cash value in her policy. Well, that policy, that $65,000 is earning 3.25% interest today. And if interest rates keep going up next year, she's going to get a higher interest rate because it's it's a true actual rate of what's going on in the market. And all of these plans have a guaranteed minimum. So she'll she's not going to lose any money on this. But what we know is that right now we're in an increasing interest rate environment. So most likely next year she'll have a higher rate. But at three and a quarter percent, that's what she's earning. And then the cost of the insurance. So inside these plans, these savings-based plans, under the Pension Protection Act rules, we're taking some of that interest that you're earning and we're going to buy some insurance inside the contract, and that's a tax-free event. So unlike a CD where you have to pay tax or a savings account where you have to pay tax every year on the interest you earn, you don't do that on these asset-based long-term care plans. 
So for her, that $65,000 is actually growing. And so at year 10, she's going to have She's going to have $81,898. Now, remember, she put $82,000 in. So they're saying after 10 years, she cancels her plan. She's going to get 100% of her money back. 20 years, she's going to have $103,000. And again, she only put $82,000 in. Age 82, she's going to have $129,000 of cash value. Now, that's also the value that would go back to her son if she doesn't use long-term care or if she uses less You know, if she lives to 82 and she goes in long-term care and she uses less than $129,000, the difference is going to go back to the estate. So that's what I mean by a savings-based plan. This is going to grow her long-term care benefit at a set rate with the compounding factor, but she's also going to grow her her cash value based on the interest. And because she's only 52, you can see that her, I mean, she's in great shape even after buying that insurance rider. If she did not buy that compound insurance rider, then her cash value, she would have 100% of her money back probably by year four. But we decided that made a lot of sense for her because, again, she was 52. And what we're really worried about is, yes, we have some immediate coverage today. But what we're really worried about is what's this policy going to look like 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road when you're you know aging and you're most likely to use it. And you know, hopefully she lives a nice long life. And what happens is that inflation rider, it just never stops growing the benefit. So if you go out 35 years when she's 87 years old, she's going to have $750,000 at $14,000 a month of long-term care. So that's what's just so nice about this plan. Very, very powerful. Now, what I really like about this benefit, what it does for it gives her immediate tax-free benefit for long-term care, meaning that if she went into long-term care tomorrow, she could pull out you know, that, that $2,700 a month for nearly six years tax-free. However, it's a growing benefit. It's actually going to grow every year, even when she's on claim. Um, it eliminates any payments for her. She doesn't have to worry about budgeting for long-term care. She still has access to the cash value. So, you know, 10 years down the road, and she's got her $80,000 of cash value in there. If she needs $10,000 a month or $5,000 a benefit to take out of that or $5,000 to use for something else, she can actually access the cash value in her policy. She can pull out up to 10% a year without any penalty and it will reduce the long-term care proportionally. So if she takes a dollar cash value out, it's going to reduce her total long-term care by $3. But guess what? She doesn't lose her benefit. She doesn't actually lose the coverage. So it's very nice. It just gives her a little flexibility. The money goes back to the estate if she doesn't use it. Zero-day waiting for home care. That means if she's in an accident and she spends a couple weeks in the hospital and then they send her home, she can start getting benefits right away. She doesn't have to wait 90 days or anything like that. And it's just, it's possible that she's going to see this coverage grow faster. I, I think it's most likely probable because we're in that rising interest rate environment. So we're going to see some of those things change here as we move forward. So just a really nice plan. And folks, I think if you look at this, again, I tell everybody, don't get hooked up on the numbers. But she just took something she already had. She has $82,000. She's just repositioning it. She's not going to lose any money. She's going to let it set there anyway. But she's got a growing guaranteed tax-free benefit, a defined bucket of money to pay for care, which she knows now is going to protect the rest of her assets. And if she never uses it, all of that money is going to be paid back to her estate. So it's just a fantastic plan all the way around for her. So I've got to take another break. So stick around. When we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the importance of comparing plans and what we really look at when we do that. We'll be right back. New asset-based programs protect your savings and your family and even pay you back if you never use them. Make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free live webinar classes at 525longtermcare.com. As we age, we can't always plan on good health, but you can plan long-term care coverage to give peace of mind to you and your family. It's Story Months, and a great way to learn about long-term care is to join my friends from 525 Advisors for the next free long-term care planning live webinar. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up. You'll learn so much. 525 Advisors will explain how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, and you'll discover all the new options and different ways to fund a plan. Then when you're ready, 525 Advisors will design a custom plan with you. 
like they did for my wife and me. Our plan even has lifetime benefits that pay us back if we never use it. I love how much time they spent with us, and it's not just me. Read the reviews. People love working with Brian and Madeline at 525 Advisors. So get the great peace of mind long-term care coverage gives you. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up now for the next free live webinar. That's 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. Do you know that 7 out of 10 people past the age of 65 need at some point some sort of long-term care. That's 70%. Now, many of us think it could never happen to us or somebody else is going to be there to take care of us, but the facts are clear. Most of us will need to pay for help in the future. And not only is that help expensive, but it puts a burden on family members as well. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, start today with 525 Advisors. Recent changes to the Pension Protection Act have made new programs more advantageous than ever. How would you like to get your premiums back if you never use your long-term care insurance? Well, you can. How would you like to leverage some of your savings for increased coverage using tax-free dollars? Now you can. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. Protect yourself and your family members from the high cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. And we did it. I'll tell you, um, I always get ramped up on these client of the weeks. So I spend more time than I, I, I probably should on the, um, the segments on those client of the week. But Again, I think it's just important not to focus so much on the numbers, but understand the way some of these new plans work. We are so used, you know, people do what they know. And a lot of what we know about long-term care and insurance in general is somewhat limited. Most of us find it, you know, it's, it's about as fun as watching the paint dry. But that's really why we do this client of the week is just to plant some seeds in there so that when you start thinking about this, as you know that, hey, I don't want payments. Okay, there's ways that we can avoid that. Or I want to have a plan paid up in 10 years. We can do that as well, too. So there's just a lot of options. And the most important thing is designing a plan that is right for your situation. A lot of people tend to focus on how much is the monthly benefit? Well, how much does long-term care cost? Well, we don't know. You could need somebody two hours a day, three days a week. But if you don't have anybody, that's going to be, you know, it's going to be costly for you to get those people. So long-term care insurance might solve that need, or you might be at the other end of the spectrum where you end up in a facility of 24-7 care. So we just have to look at it, and I'm a firm believer when you're doing long-term care planning, get a plan while you can. If you need to add coverage down the road, you're still healthy enough, jump that hurdle when you get to it. But there is no perfect plan. In fact, my first plan that I ever had, I was in my 40s, and I just had four years of coverage, and it was a traditional pay-as-you-go plan. It was very inexpensive for the amount of coverage I got at that time. But then when I got into my 50s, I ended up putting an asset-based plan in place. The traditional plan was actually getting ready to raise interest rates, and so I avoided that. And I made that shift. But the important thing was I wanted to make sure that I had insurance in case something happened to me and I became uninsurable. And that's just the key. And when we have a client of the week like Christine... You know, her big thing, she's looking at saying, look, I'm just watching my friend go through four years of cancer treatment. It was just brutal. That could happen to any of us at any time. And she's absolutely right. And the sad thing is you can't go out and get insurance once you're already receiving that treatment, just like you can't get insurance when your house is on fire. You know, it's too late. So one of the things I just wanted to talk a little bit about today, um, Christine really got me thinking about this because when we sat down with her, a lot of asset-based plans will take that single lump sum deposit. And one of the other options that I looked at for was six years of coverage, that single deposit of $82,000. And it was an asset-based plan. It would have paid her back $82,000 if she didn't use it. It would have paid her back $82,000 if she canceled it after 10 years. In the first 10 years, it would have paid her $65,000. But the difference was it had no access really if if you... You could borrow some of the cash value, but it became a taxable event, so it ended up being just kind of a mess. So you didn't really have access to borrowing any of the money, where on her other savings-based ones, she could could access 10% of that value without canceling the plan. It started out with a little bit higher monthly benefit. The other option did. It was $3,000 a month instead of twenty-seven. 
but it had a 3% inflation rider instead of a 5 So when we look at a 52-year-old, we're saying, well, it really only made sense for about the first seven years. And then after year seven, the plan that we put in place for Christine outgrew it substantially. And when we go out to age 30, I mean, we're talking about 30% more benefit on the plan that she ended up choosing. So it's very important when you look at long-term care that you understand what you're buying, but you're also understanding the flexibility of the plan. The thing I love about the plan that we put in place this week for Christine is that it gives her some options. If something really bad happens and she needs access to that money, she can get access to the money. I mean, technically she could walk away and she could cancel her plan at, you know, year five and she's still going to get, you know, $63,000 back. I mean, or I'm sorry, year five, she's actually going to get $67,000 back if she canceled. You know, she doesn't want to do that. That's not the end of the world. But you're sitting there saying, well, you know, for $15,000, she had long-term care coverage for five years, essentially, right? It would be like paying $3,000 a year for traditional policy. So it's not the end of the world. It protected her cash value. And if she didn't need to cancel it, she could still get 10% of the value out. But the main important thing for her was that the benefit was growing for every year by 5% compounding, and it was going to be a very meaningful benefit you know, when she retired and down the road for her later years. And so just a great plan. And if she's healthy enough in the future, she can still add some additional coverage. You can have multiple long-term care plans. But I think it's important to understand when you're working with long-term care, you don't want to buy a plan. You want to compare options and understand what those options are, traditional versus asset-based, and then the different type of asset-based plans as well. So again, we have two classes coming up. Next Saturday is going to be our first class. That's a Saturday morning. So if you're in the Rocky Mountain time zone, that's going to be a 9 o'clock kickoff. If you're in the Pacific West Coast time zone, it's going to be a 8 a.m. kickoff. And so that's a live. You sign up at 525longtermcare.com. We'll send you a link. and You can join in and get your questions answered. I'm going to uh, get to work, work on another show. I hope everybody has a great week. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to Long-Term Care Radio with certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at 525longtermcare.com and learn about all the long-term care planning options available. If you have questions for Brian or would like information about any of his upcoming long-term care webinars, go to 525longtermcare.com. Be sure to join us next weekend for another edition of Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. For information, show schedules, and podcasts, go to 525longtermcare.com. As we age, we can't always plan on good health, but you can plan long-term care coverage to give peace of mind to you and your family. It's Story Months, and a great way to learn about long-term care is to join my friends from 525 Advisors for the next free long-term care planning live webinar. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up. You'll learn so much. 525 Advisors will explain how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, and you'll discover all the new options and different ways to fund a plan. Then, when you're ready, 525 Advisors will design a custom plan with you, like they did for my wife and me. Our plan even has lifetime benefits that pay us back if we never use it. I love how much time they spent with us, and it's not just me. Read the reviews. People love working with Brian and Madeline at 525 Advisors. So, get the great peace of mind long-term care coverage gives you. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up now for the next free live webinar. That's 525longtermcare.com. 525 longtermcare.com.